This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. My name is Jen. My name is Abby. And this is Amuse Oh my gosh, Abby. I feel Jen? like we've been talking about this event for so long. Months and months. So hype. And it finally happened. And I'm still recovering uh, from how Abby, much fun I had. I am still waddling around full from Monday. <laughs> it was such an incredible event. We're talking, of course, about the NCRLA Chef Showdown. The finale. Grand uh, finale. The pavilion at the Angus Barn in Raleigh. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful venue for the record. Uh, you said 19 times that you'd like to get married there. So I did. I'm just hoping it for, for any Casanovas out there. <laughs> ah, man. But it was it was incredible. There was so much talent stuffed into that little building. Um, and I felt like we barely had enough time to sample everything just because there was so much. And yeah. uh, really great to see Heidi as always, seeing her shine in her element. Um, you Heidi know. knows how to throw a party. Let's oh, make yes, that she very does. clear. Yes, she does. Um, but they had a lot of great winners. I'm sure it was, I mean, for us trying to vote for the People's Choice Award was incredibly so difficult. Hard. So, so hard. I can't imagine how difficult a job it was for the judges to rank all of those different categories of which there were many. So uh, we are also very fortunate to uh, have a few conversations lined up with said winners. Um yeah. And just to learn a little bit about sort of what the process was like for them, what it meant to them to uh, to be featured in this way and, um, you know, see what might be next for some talented folks in the region. Let's check it out. Let's go. Whoosh. And we are just thrilled about this. So this evening's first runner-up for NCRLA Bartender of the Year came to the competition with deliciously boozy drinks. Thanks to his partner distillery, the most amazing glassware, a lot of local products, and so much here in his presentation. I know you're fancy, aren't you? So let's just say Ian Murray from My name is Ian Murray. I work at Foundation Bar in Raleigh. Uh, it's on Fayetteville Street, a block south of the Capitol. I won first runner-up mixologist of the year, representing Cook's Mill Bourbon out of Catawba County. And those dudes actually have an office like right down the street, so we they come into the bar all the time. So we, we always hit it off. So that that was a good little pair up that we had. It was meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So tell us about the the cocktails that you made for the finale that that pushed you over the edge there for the win. Yeah, for the finale, I did like an all North Carolina Vucare. Really, none of the original spirits that a Vucare would have in it, but I did the same build a Vucare would have, but using uh, Cook's Mill as the base spirit. Typically, it would be with rye, so that would be the rye element. Uh, for the cognac element, I substituted Fair Game Apple Brandy, the 100-proof apple brandy out of Pittsburgh. Uh, for the vermouth element, I used Sanctuary Vineyards Muscadine Wine out of the Outer Banks. And then for the Benedictine element, I used um, 
Krupnika's spiced honey liqueur out of Durham. And then I did Peychaud Bitters classic, classic uh, Vukre. Uh, yeah. And so that was the stirred drink. And then I did a mocktail uh, that was just doing a uh, apple cider vinegar, strawberry and habanero um, sacrum wine, and then a zero proof whiskey. Super tasty. That, I, I'm a, I'm sober, so I always like it's fun to do the the mocktails. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So, can you tell us what that competition was like for you? Yeah, like I really had fun on the judges round, going out to Winston, just kind of like doing. Like it felt like a service, you know what I mean? Just made, I think we made 15 cocktails in 20 minutes. So like you're just talking and working the whole time. Uh, that was really rad. I did, you know, two drinks and a mocktail, made it through to the final round and then like a 500 person service, which that's a whole different ball game. You're pre-batching, you're pre-diluting, you're just making sure all your stuff is ready before you go into that. So two very opposite service, like you know skill sets were utilized there uh but real fun i I love you know it's what we do for a living so it's it's cool to throw a party that's awesome uh for us it was super fun to be part of that for a a brief fleeting moment so much talent in what room in one room Um, knowing that there was so much talent in the room and um and some some stiff competition to use a drink pun what does that (laughs) what does that mean to you to have that hard work you know recognized through this award I mean, it's cool to be recognized by your peers. Obviously, we don't do it for like awards or anything, but just, you know, knowing that you're making cool products and everybody else feels the same way and like you just see what everybody else can do. I mean, in my head, it's like I just like everyone succeeding. So it's like like we're all like if everyone's making cool drinks, that's like educating the guests to drink cooler drinks. And then every, you know, we can just keep pushing the envelope. So it's always good to have multiple people doing cool shit and it's just you know yeah i mean it was awesome uh, the, the yeah. food was awesome i got to eat the whole time that was cool <laughs> oh, yes good they didn't starve you out because i mean we, we all made our way through and it was incredible <laughs> we were not hungry later <laughs> yeah for sure you're so right that ingenuity is infectious and so now that you've been inspired by you know your your peers there at the competition what's next for you ian I mean, we're, I just right back into service at the bar. I mean, closing every single day this week, judging some cocktail competitions for Negroni Week in Wilmington, doing Diageo World Class coming up in October. Just same stuff. Service as usual, random competitions, judging random competitions, traveling, slinging drinks, having fun, you know, same stuff. <laughs> I love that, like, hashtag slinging drinks and having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also going to write down that Wilmington has a Negroni week because that's incredible. We'll <laughs> I know that you mentioned your place of employment where you are closing every day this week. But if folks are yeah. interested in finding you, if you want to toss out some Instagram handles or websites, uh, tell folks where they can get a hold of you. Yeah, uh, my Instagram is Ian Murray. I think it's like Ian underscore underscore Murray. Uh Foundation is Foundation Bar, probably underscore somewhere in there at Foundation underscore Bar. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're right at 213 Fayetteville Street. If you're in the Capitol, I'm literally looking at the Capitol right now. So a block south of the Capitol building. I mean, there's plenty of cool bars and restaurants all within like this like square mile right here. So well, yeah. sounds like we should do a crawl, Jen. Yep. I have some yeah. work to do, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next up, I think we can all agree. 
did a very sweet job creating the spectacular dessert. So for the best use of cow's milk dairy product in a dessert, the 2023 undeniably dairy award goes to pastry chef Anne-Marie Stefani. My name's Anne-Marie Stephanie. I'm at Restaurant Constance in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm the pastry chef here, which is blows my mind because I actually won pastry chef of the year for the NCRLA in 2017 and then very abruptly left pastry after that. Um, I went savory because a bunch of boys told me that I couldn't do it and I didn't have what it took. So I went and did that and then climbed a bunch of ladders, became GM of a multifaceted facility um, and then just kind of really missed being creative. So um, the story goes is two days before Christmas, I, I lost my shit quit my job and my partner supported me to figure out what I wanted to do next. So I kind of just did a bunch of gig hopping and then reached out to Sam Dominich and my words were, it looks like you give a shit, you need some hands. So I started off as your furniture table on the savory side. And as soon as I met him, um, I just fell in love with the concept and everything here. And I told him, you don't know it yet, but I'm going to be your pastry chef. Um, and we were outsourcing desserts from Wentworth and Finn and it, we had an amazing pastry program, but, um, it just kind of slowly evolved in the course of three months from me starting. I was able to launch a pastry program, and it was just something super special to make everything in-house here. Um, and so we evolved into that. And then I said, hey, you mind if I do this competition? I want to see if I still have what it takes. And so I made it through the first round, and that was pretty dope. And then made it through the second round, and that was also dope. And then we made it to the showdown and won some awards and I've been a pastry chef for six months now and it was pretty cool to be recognized for all of that stuff. That's awesome and well-deserved I might add. Uh, have had the pleasure of trying several of your dishes so far and absolute knockouts from top to bottom. I know one of the dishes that was actually on the restaurant Constance menu uh, was the dish that you took to the finale. Would you mind describing that insanely delicious thing for us? <laughs> Yeah, it's a kind of a play on a classic. So the whole thought mentality of the dish was I'm making this comeback, but still as a chef, we're, we're not too good to clean the bathrooms and scrub the walls and do all the things. And at the end of the day, we're all not good or better than making a bunch of tarts. And we've all made a bunch of tarts in our day. But then it was like we're coming back, making this comeback. And I would like to just bring it back home to where we all started. And we all started with shortbreads and ganaches and caramels. And it was just trying to take those very simple elements and then elevate them and then just make them our own. So we started off with Motown Spice. We get all of our spices from there. Um, great company. And so I took the black sesame seeds that they offer and toasted them about halfway and then threw them into a shortbread dough. And there's so much butter that's in that dough. It finishes toasting the seeds completely. And it just kind of has this nice little chew and this little crunch that kind of goes in throughout the dish. Um, and then the next layer would be a miso caramel, which was a trial and error. I think it took about 15 tries to get the right thing because um, caramel is one of those sciencey things that it hates protein and it hates moisture. So we decided to throw a wet bean paste in it and it just freeze <laughs> up and it would turn into a bunch of different things. So um, the thing about pastry that just blows my mind is you can create whatever you want as long as you follow the algorithm. You can break things down to its back to its chemical compounds. And if you want to swap out a protein for a protein and a acid for acid, you can you can do all those things within parameters. So 
we broke it down to its basic complex and we just needed to add in what we call an invert sugar, which was like uh, corn syrup and sweetened condensed milk. So with that, adding in all of that miso, we just continued to agitate and make this luscious caramel that we pour over the shortbread. And then on top of it, we put a little bit of uh, like a chocolate ganache and that's going from the French broad. And that's coming out of Asheville. We get that chocolate, really good chocolate, really good cream. And that's really all that it is to it. And you leave and let the ingredients do the thing for themselves. You kind of can just ride the gravy train and let it happen. And then the final element was a mirror and crumb fresh that we're making here in house. So that's what I do is take a really good high fat cream, buttermilk, rice wine vinegar, um, mix those three together and then let it sit out at room temperature for, I don't know, like two or three days until it starts to coagulate and, do all those fun sciencey things. And uh, once it thickens, I set it with gelatin, let that sit for, I don't know, another overnight ish till I was ready for it. Throw it all into a mixer day of, and then to order, we will whip up that gelatinous mess, if you will. <laughs> um, and it breaks up. Uh, it's one of those things you have to trust the process. Cause once you throw it into a mixer, it looks, it gets a lot worse before it gets better. kind of situation. <laughs> um, So you, uh, you whip it from jello to, almost like a cottage cheese consistency and then it'll get almost to a ricotta and then we'll slowly stream in some mirin um, and some heavy cream into it. And then it'll just puff up and it just makes this amazing luscious, just cream that goes over and it'll actually hold a quenelle and it'll hold throughout service. So it's one of those things that it's battling the demons of the heat that's on the line that we could still be able to put out a consistent product. No kidding. That's an incredible process. The science behind pastry has always blown my mind, but I think you also inadvertently gave us a little bit of a, a nugget of life wisdom here and that sometimes we all have to get worse before we get better, right? So I think your your whole journey sort of speaks that uh, to that story. So um, I, I'm stoked that you came back into pastry. You're obviously in the right place. We had a great time. My sous chef, um, she's a sous chef here at Restaurant Constance. She's amazing. Chef Laura, she came in and crushed it. And we represented ourselves in our restaurant, we believe, to uh, our best ability. Awesome. Well, everybody under that roof at Restaurant Constance does a knockout job. So I know you've got a couple of new dishes coming up on the pastry list. Uh, I won't spoil them here because I know that I want everybody listening to go and check it out. Um, every single dish that you've put out so far that I've had the pleasure of tasting has been a complete winner. So um, Thank you. we just had one launch last night. So we took off the breakfast and now it is a olive oil cake that is pretty dope. Oh, I saw some pictures on social media and immediately started drooling. So uh, I'm well, looking forward to trying that one. There we go. And uh, I know everybody who's had the chance to try anything that Sam has put out um, has had nothing but good things to say about it as well. So uh, you guys are doing a, a knockout job over there and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Oh yeah. Thank you. Chris Freed and Bobby McFarland, welcome, welcome. We are so excited to talk to you. Congratulations on your People's Choice win at the NCRLA Chef Showdown this year. Are you excited? Are you feeling good? Yeah, we're feeling great. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great event. It kind of seemed like you had all your family there. Is that? <laughs> Did they skew the results? Did you just bring in the entire like 100 person contingency? <laughs> 
You weren't supposed to tell anybody about that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I also <laughs> voted for you. So there's the secret out. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, I know that you gave us a quick rundown of the dish that took you over the finish line while we were there at the event. But um, for the listeners who were not able to experience that, give us, this was like one of the most intricate things that I heard all evening. So give us the rundown of what that winning dish was. Yeah. You know, I think we had the philosophy where, you know, the you know 80 something people started this competition. So the whole time we we're like, you know, if we lose, at least we're not going to be boring. So both of our rounds, we just kind of went for it. Um, you know, the second round, they really gave us no instruction or like, uh, pick whatever you want, try to make it local, like go for it. So like, we, you know, people are using a lot of nicer protein scallops, all that stuff. And we're like, you know, give us a pig's head. Like, let's see what we can do with that. Let's get weird. Um, yeah, we, we just wanted to use the pig's head as many ways as possible. Um, it also kind of fit philosophically because it's kind of our job to be stewards of the food world and, there's a lot of waste in our industry, unfortunately, and and celebrating something that is typically wasted or underappreciated and put, possibly creating a market for it is kind of near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. And you're probably sick of describing it by now, but you gave us an amazing pitch of the five ways that you prepped this. Can you kind of bring that dish together for us? Yeah. So answer the question you asked about two minutes ago. I sure thing I can do that. Um, <laughs> Um, so we took the pig's head and we um, horrified all the people working with us because we just had a pile of them. And we um, we pulled the jowls off, which is kind of covering the cheek and going down below. And the muscle structure of that is pretty, pretty similar to bacon. So we turned that into bacon. You know, it's got a lot of fat, a lot of muscles streaked through it. So we turned the jowl into bacon and we used that as the base of a succotash with a bunch of farmer's market vegetables um we took the ears and we um cooked them dehydrated them and puffed them in the fryer and then crumbled them um to make a garnish um we took the cheek as the star of the dish um so that's kind of underneath the jowl coming up it's like a nice little pocket of meat um and it's super tender when you braise it for a long time um we actually confit it which is when you cook something in its own fat low and slow um, so we did that, we seared it after, and then we glazed it with a demi-gloss. So a reduced stock that we made out of the leftover skulls, um, which we boiled a couple times to make them not funky, tossed the water both times and then roasted them and then made the stock. It was about a, a two day process on that. Um, finally, the, uh, the curveball that we enjoyed the most was we, uh, we, took the hacksaw to the skulls and uh, played a little operation. We, we pulled the brains out, um, put them in water, changed the water out a few times because that's what the internet said to do. And then um, and then we just poached them in uh, some milk and bay leaf and lemon peel and all stuff that sounds really nice until you mention that you throw a pig brain in it. <laughs> well, it was a delicious dish. It really came together. It had, you know, so much flavor and, and amazing textures and it was outstanding. I mean, Jen, you, you already said like this was it, was, it was the best bite that I had all evening. And I think just knowing how much work went into that and how much ingenuity and just sort of like, what can we do? That's completely different. That was completely different from every other dish that we saw. So I'm not surprised in the slightest, but um, for you guys, and as, as the, the chef partnership going into this, 
coming out with the people's choice win. What does that mean for you guys? Um, Freed's in the restaurant every day. And, uh, you know, he actually presented it to the staff yesterday and I haven't heard about it. So I'll let him take this one. Um, I mean, it's, it's been a, it was a real honor, honestly, we were going into it. It was the award that we were most excited about, uh, potentially receiving. Um, we took pride in every description that we said to everybody and hearing everybody come back to our stand, like, oh, we wanted seconds. We, we heard about it from this person. They said it's the best thing. And that every single time that happens, it puts a big smile on both of our faces. Um, just to be able to put out, uh, like you said, like a, a product that used the whole pig's head and that people really enjoyed that it wasn't too over the top, um, that the average, not super foodie person could really try and love. Uh, it was awesome for me to see that and to work with Bobby, he's the best mentor in the world. And so, uh, being able to work with him every day on that and then see the results that uh, like everybody at that event agreed on. Um, it really just means a lot, uh, presenting to our staff yesterday, they were all super excited about it. Uh, it, it really pumped up and livened up the restaurant all night last night. So just super grateful for the whole experience. That's amazing. And can you tell us just a little bit about why Hill? Yeah. So why Hill, we opened, uh, I think we just had our four year anniversary actually opened right before COVID. Um, and ever since then it's been, uh, just a place where people want to come in here and work hard. And our, one of our mottos, uh, core values for the restaurant is just give a shit. And that's what I think, uh, me and Bobby embody the most out of the restaurant. Um, the whole place is based around upscale American, you know, chef curated bar food kind of is what I like to tell people, you know, you got shrimp and grits, we have burgers, you can get a nice steak. Uh, the best part is probably the patio, the feature that everybody loves to see all those pictures of, um, but the whole atmosphere is really just about the, the team that we have here every day, putting as much time and care that we put into this one dish uh, for this event into every piece of food that we send out to every customer that we have. Um, overall, it's, it's it feels like a family in this in this restaurant um, and that family is growing, which is what I think Bobby's going to talk about. We've had two new restaurants that opened up this year as part of our hospitality group. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's been exciting to see there's obviously growing pains, but I'm actually, I'm at one of them right now. I don't know if you can see glass house. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm the, uh, freed is the executive chef at, at Y Hill. Um, I call him freed instead of Chris, because we have about 12 Chris's in the company. Um, freed is his last name. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's exciting being able to grow and, um, and also try to stay small at the same time. I think a lot of people kind of go wrong when they when they grow and start treating people like numbers. But our our owners, uh, Chris Borison and Sarah Abernathy, have done a great job just keeping the personal touch and urging us as leaders to all do the same. Um, so Glasshouse is really cool. We're here in RTP um, or Research Triangle right next to RTP between Raleigh and Durham. Um, and... We're pumping out um, some somewhat more fine dining kind of food than, than Y Hill. We have a much bigger kitchen, as Freed will attest to. <laughs> um, and it's it's been an exciting week. So, what does this award really mean to you? And and taking this forward with with the hospitality group. Yeah, you know, uh, my parents have actually they live in New York, um, and they've never been down for any restaurant openings or, or anything like that. So. Um, when they told me they were going to make the effort to to come down for this, it it meant the world that they were even coming, and and for them to to see us win was huge for me personally. Um, 
you know, it's not, I never thought I would be cooking professionally. I used to intern on wall street and I, uh, then I started cooking because I wanted to be a food writer. And then a few years later, I'm like, shit, I'm like the chef de cuisine at a restaurant in Raleigh, like where (laughs) is my life gone? Um, so, so it's really validating. This is the first award I think I've, I've ever won. And, um, or I've ever been, you know, so integral a part in winning. And um, on a personal note, it, it was really an honor and really touching. And being able to to win it next to next to Freed over here was huge. You know, he uh, he said he looks up to me. I look to him, look up to him just as much. Um, he just holds it down every day and it just keeps the team intact over there. And it's it really is a beast at that restaurant. And he does such an amazing job. So um, kind of being able to put my ideas forward and and have Freed support them and help them come to life uh, has, you know, it just, it just feels really good. It's, it's been a, it's been a crazy year and, and it was really excellent to have that happen. Yeah. This is the quality bromance content it people really are looking is. for right here. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I know, I know we're not going to get, get to keep you much longer. So where can people find you on social media? How can they keep following all the amazing work that you're doing? Um, well, Y Hill on Instagram at Y Hill, um, at Glasshouse Kitchen NC. Um, and I personally am at Bobby McFarland seven. Um, and Freed, what are you again? Um, Chris underscore Freed 34. We'll tag all of these so we won't get lost in the shuffle uh-huh. there. But uh, whatever secret sauce you guys are drinking, keep producing it because it's, it's obviously working for you. So thank We're you so much. it and producing it? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. It's the circle of life. It's circle of life, yeah. Getting higher than the supplier, I guess. Great bromance. <laughs> well, congrats again, guys. Uh, we hope to see you again next year to see uh, how you raise the stakes for your own competition. But, yeah, and uh, I know where I'm going now when I visit Raleigh and Durham. Exactly. So. We got work to do. Yeah, yeah. And you got you got a couple new listeners. So appreciate awesome. you guys. Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. And commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all, when you want, wherever you want, on your schedule, there is the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule at queencitypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for hopping on with us. We're excited to learn a little bit about the experience that you had uh, at the NCRLA Chef Showdown uh, in the finale. 
So real quick, tell us a little bit about the dish that you brought. Uh, I know that it was one of the most stunning things I've seen in a long time, but just tell us a little bit about that for the people. Who oh, are- thank you. So I made um, a beehive. We called it the Dogwood Beehive. We actually named it after one of the golf courses here at the Country Club I met. Um, so we thought that was fun. And it was made. So the beehive itself was made out of white chocolate. And then inside it had a honey mascarpone mousse, candied sweet potatoes, barbecued spiced pecans, and a brown butter oat cake. And then we made a twill cookie that looked like a honeycomb um, to go on the bottom of it. So it was really fun. Um, one of my favorite I'm things still drilling so far. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was. It was, I took it on a lot making it for 400 people, but it, it turned out to be really fun. So <laughs> that was really cool to go back and see, because obviously we were only present at the finale. So we saw mm-hmm. sort of the quick serve version that you were <laughs> able to put out for that many people. <laughs> but I really loved going back and seeing the version that you had in that preliminary round. Um, yeah. Just a little bit of extra detail, the little bees that were on there. It was really, really well done. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it took a long time. So I was glad that I was able to find a miniature version to make. (laughs) And it'd still be cute. (laughs) Yeah. And this is your third year competing in the Chef Showdown. Is that correct? It is. Yes, it was my third year. That's amazing. What keeps you coming back? Um, I just like the challenge that it gives me. I'm not always challenged to have to come up with the intricate desserts like that. So just being able to have that time every year to really push myself and think out of the box and figure out what I'm capable of doing, um, this is really just keeps me coming back and, and it, it is fun. <laughs> and so tell us a little bit about the award that you won. Yep. I won runner up for Pastry Chef of the Year, which is really exciting. Um, the past two years, I have won People's Choice for Best Dessert, um, which I think is just phenomenal that 500 people liked my dessert the best so that was really exciting and this year to just win um runner up is just an amazing accomplishment so it was really exciting does that give you some uh some more reason to come back next year and take it up another notch Uh, yeah which is gonna be (laughs) hard because I thought like I pulled out all my tricks this year so I did sugar work and chocolate work which I haven't done before in the past so next year I'm just like I don't I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to have to be something spectacular. <laughs> I'm here for it. Well, you've got, you've got plenty of months here to start, get those yes. creative juices flowing, <laughs> let those wheels turn a little bit. So as far as, I know you mentioned briefly that you are part of a country club, but mm-hmm. um, for those of, of our listeners who aren't familiar, let us know sort of what you're representing and if they want to um, try any more of your sweet treats, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, just recently, actually, I have taken a job at the Country Club of North Carolina here in Pinehurst, which has been uh, phenomenal so far. Um, I haven't actually gotten started yet. I'm just like still on the onboarding of getting here. Um, But I'll be here in Pinehurst for the foreseeable future. So we're really excited about the new, the the move and just kind of getting out of Charlotte for a little bit and getting to represent a different um, county. So that's exciting. Um, But if you need anything from me, I'm still going to be doing desserts here in the restaurant and for the banquet groups here. Um, And then I also do stuff at home. So if anyone wants to try anything, they can definitely let me know. (laughs) It's me. I want to try things. (laughs) (laughs) Where can folks find you? Where's the best place that we can send them to get in touch? 
Um, probably just my Instagram. I think um, I have just recently changed it to private, but I'm going to change it back to public so everyone can see what I'm doing. Um, and then that's probably the best way to reach me. Um, it is at Savannah Lee 21. I believe. But I also have Facebook, which is just under Savannah Brodar. So if anyone wants to message me about anything, they can reach me there too. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to tag everything so that folks can easily access uh, right. and definitely make that public because that's that's beautiful dessert yeah. uh, imagery <laughs> that the public needs. So thank you for your I service. Sure <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us, Savannah. Congratulations on the thank win. You. And we look forward to seeing how you kick it up another notch for next year. Yes, me too. Thank you so much. So they say that big things start in little places. And that could not be more accurate than the story behind this year's title bartender and the little historic bar she calls home. The 2023 NCRLA Bartender and Distillery of the Year honors go to Stephanie Elliott. Stephanie Elliott, Mixologist of the Year at the NCRLA Chef Showdown. Welcome and congratulations to you. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling really good, but thank you so much for having me here today. And uh, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good. It still feels like it hasn't really set in yet. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a strange feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's a little surreal, I can imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about the process for you. Is is this the first time that you've competed in this event? And, and if so, sort of what, what was the process like? Yeah. So actually this is the first time I've ever competed in any event um, that wasn't equine related. <laughs> um, wow. So, oh, yeah, we got to yeah. talk later. <laughs> <laughs> you got a fellow horse girl in the room. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. So um, yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was kind of, Honestly, it was kind of a little bit by accident. Um, uh, Michael, uh, one of the owners for of Merle's, um, approached me and he was like, hey, there's this cocktail competition. And I was really busy that day. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Because he had mentioned the words like community college, which I know that they they hosted one of the rounds for the chefs at the community college in Wilkesboro. Um, so I just assumed that it was something there. Um, and then upon the application process and everything and digging a little deeper, I got kind of nervous because I was like, oh, this is a really big deal, but I've already agreed to do this. So let's go. Turns out you had no reason to be nervous because you swept it. Um, <laughs> the cocktails that you put up, I think were some of my favorite. I think, um, was it the one with the like little whipped cream thing on top? Oh. The coffee one too. That I mean, can we talk a little bit about one of the things I think is so cool about this competition is that the the ask is for not just a cocktail, but also a mocktail. Um, could yeah. you walk us through each of those contributions that you had that that brought you to the finale and and also maybe the preliminary that you put together? Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, the two that made it through to the the final round there uh, was the mocktail. It was called the uh, first blush, and it uh, is a blend of Anchor coffee, cold brew, brew concentrate with an agave simple syrup, which I infused with sorrel and celery greens. And then um, you put a little lemon juice and lime juice in that. And then uh, a little bit of um, apple persimmon bitters by Crude. They're just a wonderful company. I love them so much. Um, anyway, so then it's topped actually with a salted sweet cream foam 
with the garnish of sunflower petals and bronze fennel. Uh, so that was that I, I got lucky seasonally with that, you know, what I was growing here in the garden and everything. Um, and then also uh, one of the farms that I work really closely with, Tumbling Shoals, they just so happen to have celery in that season. So I was just getting a bunch of goodies from them and just being able to play around with so many things and and develop that absolutely stunning. <laughs> I actually was, used to do the, uh, the Tumbling Shoals produce box. So I'm familiar. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, and that mocktail was so cool to me because when you describe all those components conceptually in my head I can't see them working together but then you take one sip and you're like oh I get it now that yeah. this yeah. really works together well, just They're things just so that you've never had before like the I'm reading it now I pulled it up the persimmon and apple um bitters like I don't know that I've ever had anything like that so all of those things with the familiar components you put a little salted sweet cream on top like I'm gonna be happy about it um stunning absolutely stunning and then we had New South, which was the cocktail that you uh, that you won with. Tell us a little bit about that one. So that um, actually starts with uh, Call Family Distillery's 101 proof sour mash moonshine. Um, so it kicks <laughs> out right, <laughs> right hard. Um, and then it's paired with uh, Zafad by uh, Brothers Valgalis. Uh, it's a fruited herb liqueur. And then um, it also has some of Edna Rhine's Amora Flora, uh, which is actually a, a bitter, a mountain bitter. And it's it's made with uh, North Carolina forage, like roots and barks and different things like that. Um, so it was like super local and su I mean, just interesting. Um, and it just, it complemented the moonshine so well. I was really, really impressed with it. Like they do some amazing products over there. Um, but anyway, and then that has, you know, lemon juice, egg white and raspberries and a little bit of simple syrup in there. Um, and then, you know, I garnished it with various um, uh, dried flowers. Uh, so, yeah. And then there was just a moment of like a little bit of fire right on the top of it. That yes. to me woke all of those things up on top yeah. in a way that, like, I'm not traditionally a fan of like the smoked cocktail. To me, that can be overpowering. But this one just gave it enough of a kiss that it was like, oh, everything's awake now. And it was stunning. And I think the way that all of those things came together, I would have never known that there was that kind of liquor in there. <laughs> it's got that kind of power. It was easy drinking. <laughs> it was dangerously so, I think. But uh, really just, again, another like absolutely wonderful combination. So well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. So you've told us that you are from Wilkesboro. Tell us a little bit about uh, the place that you are currently working as mixologist. Um, so Merle's, um, we actually just opened in February of this year. Um, so it it was all started um, with LB, Aaron and Mike, uh, Laura Beth Prevett, uh, Michael and Aaron Vinderplug, um, and the, the cottage that they actually renovated. Um, was Aaron's great grandmother's cottage. So the co cottage has been in her family for generations um, and the property. And there's even a, a, a larger house in the back that, that her family still owns. Um, and, you know, here in Wilkesboro, we just, we just don't have anything, you know, of that caliber, you know, of some places you get, could go and, and, and have a nice drink at. And when Aaron and Mike relocated from Raleigh um, here, um, they 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 love the area so much as do i i mean it's beautiful and the community is wonderful but there was no place to go and get a really good cocktail 
Um, so, so two years ago, they started on this journey and then um, brought me in on the last leg and have just been absolutely wonderful. Just gave me free reign to do whatever I wanted. Um, and uh, I'm having a blast. <laughs> Sounds like it. I don't know that, that that kind of ingenuity comes from feeling burnt out or feeling stressed. I think it comes from having a lot of fun. It's true. It's true. Uh, my cousin actually said to me the other day, he was like, never do the thing that you just love. Do the thing that you're obsessed with. And uh, I have to say, I am obsessed with craft cocktails. <laughs> you're in the right business, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. So, so given that you've never done a competition before and here you are, sort of accidentally stumbling your way into this one and then taking home the big W. How does that feel? What, what is that, what is that like for you? It is, it's mind blowing. First of all, um, uh, there were so many talented, um, chefs and mixologists and distilleries and pastry chefs. And it was like, I knew, I knew going into it, but once I, you know, stepped into the finals, I was like, oh my gosh, no, like these people are absolutely extraordinary. And this is such an honor. Um, so I don't know, it's exciting. I was like, for 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 everyone to feel like that, that was a place that, you know, I belonged as well was just humbling for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so what's next for you, Stephanie? Um, you know, there's so many different ideas that, that me and my partners have been playing with in general, but this is really giving us the boost that we need to, to build onto the business um, because it is, you know, it's a small town and you can only do so much in a small building and so, so forth, but, you know, really hoping to market like on the wedding scenes and different things like that here very soon. Um, I, I had worked in the industry, um, for a while. So I'm very familiar with it as well. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to be able to, to have something, um, you know, craft cocktail for, you know, like a whole package and things to be put together along with, you know, I, I have been doing some uh, freelance work um, and consulting and things like that. So this is really, really boosted <laughs> my clientele base for that. So I'm excited about it. Um, and to, you know, I'm looking forward to joining together with some of the distilleries and um, other other competitors that were involved with this to hopefully put together some interesting concepts in the future. But those are those are kind of secret and still milling around in my head right now. Love that. Well, we love a, a good secret. Spoiler. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, you know, given that this is something you're obsessed with and you've obviously got some really fun momentum and some fun ideas cooking. Uh, we just can't wait to to stay close on your radar and see where you go from here because it certainly feels like the sky's the limit. So thank you so much for sharing your talents with us. And I think, Abby, we might need to make a little road trip out to Merle's because that hey, sounds listen, fantastic. Listen, Stephanie, my birthday's coming up. So if we need to talk about like a custom cocktail signature sure. birthday, let's let's talk. <laughs> Yes, please, please message me. We, we will we will have this going for sure. I love it. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Congratulations well, again, Stephanie. We really appreciate you taking the time and we're just so excited to see what you do next. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure for sure. Now for our final award of the evening, the 2023 NCRLA Chef of the Year. Woo! So as you know, every chef has a story that's reflected on their plate, right? A story of family heritage and traditions, 
a story of the food and the people who share it with us. And the story that ultimately defines what we bring to the table. Ade Karina, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on your win. Thank you for having me. It feels um, incredible. I've been taking, I've been processing, <laughs> but mostly I just really feel honored. Now, your dish was one of the most incredible that we tasted of the night, obviously. You know, for me, that that first bite that I took was transformative. And in the moment, I was just like, this is it. This is the one for me. This is the winner. I was I was convinced because that was such a beautifully composed dish. There was so much going on, but in the right ways that it told such a beautiful story on the palate as, you know, it, it was savory and it had some kick and there were so many wonderful textures. And then a little bit of the bitterness coming from those charred leeks and okra. Um, what are all those components on that dish? Absolutely. Uh, so we had a fermented steamed rice that we steamed in uh, some banana leaves um, that was sitting on a tomato gas streak, which basically um, is like a stewed tomato uh, for us in Benin. Um, and then we chart, we um, braised some goat in some wine and in our suya spice, uh, which is my brand. Uh, that's the spice that we make. It's a blend of roasted peanuts and chilies and a whole bunch of other wonderful things. Um, and then we had some charred leeks and okra and we pickled some uh, onions and a hibiscus and lemongrass, which we call citronelle in Benin, uh, brine that had some spices in there, had some Nigerian chilies, it had some um, grains of saline, it had some black peppercorn from Benin. And then we finished it off with a shito, which is almost like a fried down uh, pepper sauce. So you're right. It was a lot going on it in there. Was so good. Well, we were oh, saying earlier. and and uh, we had um, some Beninese fried cheese in my home, um, especially up north. Women uh, make cheese um, out of cow's milk or goat milk, whatever is accessible to them, and we kind of um, uh, put some. Uh, we have an herb in Benin that acts the same way as vinegar does. So they do that. And then um, once the curds are done, we smoke it and then they fry it. And sometimes they put that in their sauces. Sometimes we eat it just like that. And so I, I really was intentional in picking uh, so much of the street food that we eat um, that are mostly worked and cooked by women um, to kind of tell the story uh, as you travel from the south of my home to the north of my home. You gave us a little bit of the story of that dish. And I would love to just hear a little bit of the backstory now and, and sort of how you came up with that dish that, that took you over the edge. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, saying that. That's very kind of you. Um, so the dish that I made was um, absolutely inspired by a lot of the women uh, who cook um, and sell food on the side of the road in my home country of Benin, uh, my mother included when I was a little girl before um, I was adopted and came into this country. My mother had a tiny little um, shack, if you will, <laughs> where she was known for some of the food that she sold. Um, and I very much remember what that was like. I very much remember the, those flavors. And since reconnecting with my biological mother, she and I have 
taken a couple trips down to Benin to work on my spice brand, Iliwa Foods. And through our travels, I've been able to learn so much from all these different women. And so a lot of what showed up on that dish was things that I learned uh, from these women whom I've gotten to know and have spent time with. So um, like the steamed fermented rice cake, I learned that how to make that from a woman who sells that for a living uh, in February when I was back home um, there. So it was absolutely not just inspired um, by these women, but it was absolutely um, paying homage to them and what they mean to me um, as someone whose mother like was let her go somewhere else <laughs> in hopes that my life would change for the better. So it certainly feels like we have traveled. I think that those are the dishes that I love the most where they've literally taken me on a journey and and you walking us through that. It, I, I have a picture in my mind and that's that's just a really beautiful way to tell that story on the plate. Um, I would love to know more about this brand that you're creating because I'm mm -hmm. going to need some products. So <laughs> tell us more about it. Where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Dunu um, one is a food truck. Um, uh, we do specifically Beninese street food and we're all around the triangle. And we also host farm to table dinners um, that kind of explore West African food or reimagines it. Um, and if you are looking, if you want to see what I'm doing and where the food truck will be, you can follow me at Dounu, D-O-U-N-O-U underscore cuisine. Um, and second to that, I have uh, a somewhat of like a chef's collective that's called Wami Dounu. Wami Dounu is fun for come share a meal with me. Um, and that is a group of chefs who are coming from all across the diaspora and Africa. And uh, we come together to kind of explore the intersection of of West African food um, and the diaspora, but more specifically, the American South. And um, my third brand that I'm exceptionally proud of is Ilewa Foods. Ilewa Foods um, uh, right now is a um, consumer packaged good brand. Right now we have a line of spices and I'm exceptionally proud of it because I travel home and I source my ingredients from um, female farm holders and uh, female entrepreneurs. And then we hire women from the community of Benin to work on our spices that be it um, drying ginger or roasting our peanuts. And we kind of do a lot of the work there. And then we import it here to North Carolina and we make our blends in Raleigh. So I'm just really proud to be able to um, connect the dots. And my mission is to find ways to create a socioeconomic exchange between all of us and to tell the stories of these women. That's just such an incredible yeah. and empowering vision that you have and that you're turning into reality. And I'm, I'm just in awe of, of all of these different aspects of, of you as a chef and those things that you're passionate about that motivate you. Um, so what does it mean to, to be recognized in this way for for a chef of the year let me tell you first of all no one I mean you believe in yourself and and um your talents uh but you don't expect to win <laughs> you don't think you're actually gonna win um and so I still find it to be surreal um but first and foremost is incredibly validating to me because I didn't go to culinary school. I tell myself that I'm not classically trained and I say that I am, um, and I call it ancestral cooking or vibration cooking. I'm just kind of listening to my ancestors and I'm like, am I doing the right thing here? And somehow the answers come to me. Um, so it feels like 
yes, girl, you are a chef. You are a real yes, chef. Yes, girl, you are a chef. <laughs> yes, chef. <laughs> you are accepted. You are doing incredible things. And so it feels very, very validating. Um, secondly, it feels like such a great honor because most people, a lot of people don't know about West African food. Um, and I don't think that there are many of us here in in Raleigh or the Triangle or even North Carolina. Um representing West African food. So to be in North Carolina, um, to be a, a little girl from Benin and to be here and find a way to represent both my home and my new home now and find where the two meet, it, to me, it's a great honor. So it feels really, really good. Well, I think both sides of your world here are incredibly proud of what you've been able to accomplish. Uh, and I'll speak for myself and probably everybody else that got to meet you and have your food at the event last week. Um, we can't wait to see what's next. And I absolutely know, it's not like you have anything going on, just a few things, but uh, you're a busy woman and I have a feeling that you've got a lot of wonderful things in store and I can't wait to be just in its wake. Thank you. If you're so ever in much. Charlotte, please let us know because we will be Charlotte. following you everywhere that you go. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Shavari, thank you again so much for speaking with us and congratulations. And we hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad to be here. And when I'm in Charlotte, I'm going to be reaching right out to y'all. Please do. We'll hold you to it. Well, we hope you've enjoyed hearing our recap of the 2023 NCRLA Chef Showdown as much as we enjoyed experiencing it. Let's all take the next year to celebrate all of the chefs, pastry chefs, mixologists, wineries, and distilleries that put in so much effort to celebrate everything local. North Carolina, you really are an incredible state. We can't wait to cover next year's event, and we hope to see you all there. Thanks for joining us for this year batch of Amused Boosh. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.